Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting here with Thomas Costelli. Thomas, how are you, sir? Good, good. Like I said, living the quarantine life, but I appreciate you having me on. It's always an honor. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's it's an honor to be sitting here with you. And like I was saying before the show, man, we're we're settling into uh, to this life today. And you know what? We'll take we'll take what tomorrow brings us. Um, you know, the one thing that we're going to do today is definitely control the controllables. How are we investing in ourselves while p- planning and preparing for the future? Because you know what? We've got a challenge we're dealing with today. Tomorrow may be a different challenge, um, but we know that if we can continue to invest in ourselves and grow as individuals, anything is possible. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, I want to welcome Elevate Nation back because it's time to take it to another level. Like I always say, I mean, this is our show where our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve not only in real estate greatness, but beyond. You know, there's so much more than just real estate. There's so much more than just the vehicle and the, and the business of real estate and so many other opportunities that many of our guests uh, and our listeners are engaged in, in terms of being entrepreneurs and being those who are committed to living a life without limits. So, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the mindset, the habits, the routines, the systems, the tools, you know, how are you investing in yourself, the strategies, so much more from those like Thomas who are elevating to a life without limits. So you, the listener can do the same for yourself or even more, than what Thomas and others are doing. So really excited about that. And of course, this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. And uh, if you're enjoying the show, please uh, hit that subscribe button. Uh, Give us a rating, a review, five-star rating if you're so inclined, which certainly helps us. Like I always say, I'm, I'm gonna screen this from the mountaintops. Our goal is to reach millions of people with this message because we know that you can live a life of fulfillment rather than just a life that you tolerate. And we believe that if you combine consistent and obsession with your own personal growth, in addition to sharing that with other people, in addition to growing as a leader, in addition to successfully investing in real estate, we think that those forces can combine to allow you to elevate to a life without limits. And so With that said, I want to introduce you to Thomas Costelli, CPA, who is a tax strategist and a real estate investor who helps other real estate investors keep more of their hard-earned dollars in their pockets and out of the governments, which is absolutely very attractive to many of us here. Uh, He holds equity positions in several several multifamily properties and participated in the syndication of an 82-unit apartment complex as a general partner. And his real-life real estate investing experience combined with his ever-growing arsenal of hard-hitting tax strategies allows him to see eye-to-eye with clients in ways that the average CPA never could. So with that said, Thomas, welcome to the show again. And tell us more about Thomas Costelli behind the bio. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, really interesting. You know, I my entire life I grew up, you know, go to school, get, get you know, the, the whole nine, go to school, go to college, get a degree, get a job, nine to five, all that type of jazz. And when I was when I was in college in my sophomore year, I really picked up a, a strong habit of reading. Um, reading not just the textbooks that the, the teachers, you know, gave you, the professors gave you, but um, the actual just self-help. And it, it all started with a book, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon, um, which then spiraled into eventually, you know, rich dad, poor dad. And from there, the rabbit hole goes deep. Um, and you know, next thing you know, I'm interested in real estate. So I'm looking up real estate investments and all of this type of stuff. And, uh, really where, where it picked up for me with real estate was I had just graduated college in the summer of 2014. And I had tried to wholesale my uncle's property. My uncle had, my uncle, my great uncle had passed away and he had this really nice property, on this sizable plot of land that was right down the block, literally a two minute walk from a train station on Long Island, uh, New York, that went right into Manhattan Penn Station. And I knew it was prime real estate, so I tried to wholesale it, went to a RIA event, uh, Long Island uh, Real Estate Investment Association, and uh, tried to get a mentor to help me wholesale it. Long story short, that never happened for infighting on the, the estate and all that type of stuff. But 
I did meet a group who was putting together a three-day multifamily seminar on how to syndicate properties. And I went to that three-day seminar during that summer in between uh, the time I graduated college and my first job. And I fell in love with the model of syndication. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Every single aspect of you know, businesses in there, raising capital, marketing, um, owning real estate, everything. So I fell in love with that and made a few investments as a limited partner throughout the years. Uh, eventually um, worked my way into a syndication um, as a general partner. We currently still own that deal now. Um, everything's going well. It's COVID, but uh, we'll see how long COVID lasts. Um, so that's kind of uh, that's kind of how I got into real estate. And then I was working for a national accounting firm. BDO and uh, ultimately realized, hey, look, I, I'm really a small business type of guy, not really a corporate, you know, big corporation, publicly traded company type of th- uh, person. So I ended up leaving that job, eventually found Brandon, uh, the owner and founder of the real estate CPA and uh, started working with him and uh, we serve real estate investors across the nation. So it's been, it's been exciting uh, to work with real estate investors on all different angles. So that's a little awesome. bit about me. Well, a couple of things I wanted to follow up on there was number one, I'm glad to hear that you are interested in reading books outside of the textbooks in, in, in high school because I wasn't there yet. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I remember when I was in high school and they gave us the summer reading. I don't know yeah. if they did this for you. They did but that too. It was like the worst thing and I put it off until like the last week and I was just like repulsed by books. But Later in life, actually, it was kind of like later in college for me as I started to read books that I thought were interesting. And I just kept following my nose there and I developed this love for reading. And that's been a huge thing for me is, is reading. So I love to hear that you started earlier than me. So maybe you got a little bit of a head start and maybe there's a clue there for, for everybody. But one thing also I wanted to follow up on was the wholesale deal that didn't happen. Whatever, what, what happened there? Did it just die and there was no deal or what happened? Yeah. So what happened was like, I always knew when everybody knew that my great uncle's property was on just like, he was like small little house on this bigger piece of land and it could be redeveloped. And I always knew that everybody in my family knew that. And at the time I was like 22, 23 years old. And I'm like, I, I can't develop this property myself. I don't have the resources. I don't have the experience, but maybe I can get that under contract and wholesale it. And it really just fell apart because I couldn't get it I couldn't get the property into my hands. Ultimately, I spoke to the executor of the estate and the executor just had really no interest in dealing with anybody. He was just more or less like, look, you know, everybody, the family is coming at me with all these different things right now. I just want to sell these properties and move on. Uh, so we ultimately just sold it uh, arm's length transaction to some you know, third party and they went and developed it. They put three properties up on that. Three, um, yeah, three brand new uh, two-story properties uh, in that space that used to be one property that just used to be one house. And, uh, that's just why it never happened. I was just never able to get my hands on it. It's super disappointing. I still, I still, I still kick myself to that to this day because that area is a great area. And, um, I would have loved to have gotten a property in that area. Yeah. But at least it still led you to the seminar, which then led you to understanding about syndication, which then led you to reaching out to your current partner in some ways and, and led you down this path to invest in real estate. So how exciting that you can still trace back sort of where that happened. And, you know, one thing that I'm always curious to know is like, you know, commonalities between those who are committed to living the life of their dreams and designing that life. Right. You know, one thing I see so often is that there's just this drive, right. And that's one thing that Maybe I just recognize in other people and I'm just so fascinated with it. What And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I'd love to know, you know, was there a moment in your life where you just kind of drew your own theoretical line in the sand and said, look, there's, I'm, I'm committing to doing whatever it takes. I'm not going to live this average, ordinary life. I'm going to do anything. I'm going to be great. I mean, was there a moment? Was there a process for you or is that just who you are? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I've always been, since I was five years old, um, I've been telling my parents I was going to be in business since I was five. Um, when I was growing up in in, in high school um, and, you know, throughout my younger years, I would go door to door washing cars, um, uh, like uh, clean, yeah, washing cars, uh, mowing lawns, doing whatever I could to, to make money. It's the entrepreneurial spirit was always in me. Um, now the one part that tripped me up and I'm sure many of your listeners got, may have got tripped up with this too, is that advice. You know, everybody who I was around 
throughout my teen years, you know, in high school was saying, go to college, go to college, go to college. And I really felt like the entrepreneur in me got beaten down and that I was crazy. In many ways, I thought that I was crazy for trying to do what I was, you know, just trying to be in business. Right. And, um, really that line in the sand came when I was working at BDO. Um, a great, great firm. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, I was just looking around at the audit table, looking around at people I was working with and saying, hey, look, this is not who I want to be in 10 years. And that was the point when I said, okay, this is it. Like, I'm, I have my degree. I have my CPA license. There's no more reasons for me to say, play it safe. I achieved that. I've, I've, if I ever need to get a job, I can go back and work in accounting. So that was when I really drew the line and said, that's it. Like, I'm going to make this happen. And then that's... That's when I left BDO. That's when I uh, went to pursue real estate on a more, more full-time basis um, and ultimately ended back up in accounting, but it's in a much better way in a much more entrepreneurial type position where I really get to exert you know, that drive. Um, so I, I guess it's, it's always been there for me. Um, and it's just, it kind of just, there was that point when I was just like, this is it, I'm going for it. And that was you know, about three, probably about four or five years ago now, it actually. Are you someone who's seriously looking to elevate your life, your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal opportunities, your access to opportunities, your network this year? Well, if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com because I'm currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and really you know, expand that beyond your wildest dreams and explode your business, explode your deal opportunities, explode your vision for what you're looking to create. If that's you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I really have to tell you that this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive. They're committed. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to get to where they want to be and to live a life without limits, to elevate to a life without limits, which is really what we're all about on this show. If that is you, again, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. Yeah, I just think the reason why I ask that question at times is because I don't think it's ever too late to draw that line in the sand. And, you know, a lot of times I feel like the reason why I say people tolerate their life, in my opinion, yeah. is because they never draw that line in the sand. They never look around and say, you know, they'll, they'll look around and say, man, I don't want to be that in 10 years, but then they don't do anything about it. So the question is, when are you going to draw your own line in the sand and say, look, I'm, I'm going to live this life you know, you only get one life, man. It's like, I don't understand it. I don't understand why you don't just step out on a ledge. And one thing that I think that this um, coronavirus situation is showing people is that, you know, people feeling like they have certainty in, in an employee type of role, perhaps is being flipped on its head right now and showing you that, look, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in everything we do, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a real estate investor or, you know, an employee. And so can you take more control into your own hands perhaps there's a calling for you to say, Hey, look, I'm willing to do whatever it takes now. And now, so if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, this, this might be talking to me, maybe this is the moment that you commit to doing whatever it takes. So I appreciate you sharing that Thomas. And you know, another thing that you mentioned there was, um, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit. sounds like you, you had that from an early age and I'd love if you could just describe that. I mean, what is that? What does the entrepreneurial spirit to you mean? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard because like right now, it, to, to your point, the COVID has actually re-sparked that in me. And um, it's a feeling that you can achieve what you actually want to set out to achieve um, and that nothing's going to stop you. That's what it means to me. You know, yesterday we were talking in and we have Slack for the company um, and say, they said, well, if you woke up tomorrow, what animal would you be? And I said a ram. Um, but right after thinking about it, I meant to say a bull. But in either case, uh, you know, the bull, the ram, they knock into things, they don't stop. And that's how I feel. Right now, I legitimately feel as I'm sitting here that nothing can stop me from achieving what I want to achieve. And any obstacle that stands in the way, I'm just going to overcome it. Uh, I'll figure out the way to overcome it, whether it's reading books and stuff like that, to, or, or reaching up to getting mentors and coaches. Um, to, to me, it's having a vision and believing in that vision so much that nothing is going to stop you. And to me, that's the entrepreneurial spirit. Man, I'm excited. I'm I'm inspired. I'm ready to ready to run through a wall now, man. That's yeah. that's awesome. I love that. And and actually, that's a good reminder too. It's like, well, what type of what type of animal would you be, right? It's it's good to have a persona, right? You know, because like I actually went through this process at one time, 
uh, myself with, with a coach in the past. And it was like, Hey, are you going to be timid Tyler? Are you going to be the inner lion that's willing to do anything? And, and as corny as that sounds, you know, in those moments of uncertainty or fear or worry, you kind of think about that. You have this inner dialogue that says, hey, look, man, if I do that, what if I fail? You know, but the other side is, well, what if I succeed? And am I willing to be courageous and, and be the king of the jungle or whatever it is? And, and it run through that wall because, you know what, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be roadblocks. And in my opinion, these are moments that you're tested. These are moments that are showing, hey, how committed are you? Because if you're committed, you will be resourceful. You'll be creative. You'll be, you know, you'll be willing to do whatever it takes. So with that said, I mean, beyond obviously the macroeconomic standpoint, you know, the, the situation that we're dealing with right now uh, in, in COVID-19, I'd be curious to know, I mean, what other type of roadblocks have you encountered on your entrepreneurial path? Oh yeah, I mean, I think it's what the, the biggest one. I'd say the biggest hurdle is not getting around the right people and taking yeah. the wrong advice, uh, because the the situation is we we as human beings we travel in tribes and we have something called groupthink, and groupthink uh, causes you to gravitate towards uh, the the norms and the 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 expectations that are for your tribe. And when your tribe is not entrepreneurial and they're more or less like that fixed mindset of, oh, no, you have to go get a job or, or you're crazy for wanting to start your own business, right? you're insane, um, then you're going to feel out of place, right? Even if you have like the drive to push through that, you're always going to, it's always going to be tugging against you. So, I mean, I would say that just taking the wrong advice and not being around the right people has been the biggest obstacle for me, if not like the only obstacle. Um, it, that really stood in my way, in my opinion. So what was the solution for you to, I mean, was that a process that you had to change your circle? You had to change the people that were influencing you or how did that work? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that was, it's, it's a major process. Um, and because think about it, if you have friends, longtime friends, longtime family, you're so used to that. You may not even know that you're in it for the first part. And it took me a while to yeah. realize that. And then once I realized that, it can be really uncomfortable to say, Hey, look, you know, I need to distance myself from certain people or look, you know, I'm not, it's like that song, keep your old friends, uh, but get new ones. Um, you have to just balance between like your old high school friends, your old college buddies who, who may not be going on the same path you want to go towards and getting around the right people. So for me, it was limiting, uh, limiting the time I spent around the people who weren't going to where I wanted to go to and putting myself around the people that were going to be in that direction because what happens is when you put yourself around the P around, it's like that saying five, if, if you hang around five rich people, you'll be the six. Yeah. It's or if you hang around five broke people, you'll be the, the, the six. Right. So, um, for me, it was getting around those right people and letting my, letting my brain do the work and just letting the instincts of natural human beings say, you know what, I want to be more like these people and naturally start to gravitate up and elevate yourself up towards what those people are doing, right? Like if you're, if you get yourself around a bunch of people who are syndicating real estate deals or just buying real estate or flipping properties, whatever the strategy is that you're trying to implement, um, naturally you're just going to pick up their habits. You're going to pick up their ways of doing things. And it's a lot easier just to, like it's immersion, I think, but it's, it's another word for it. Uh, you're naturally just going to gravitate in that direction. Yeah, it's huge. And uh, one of the things that I've studied on this actually from a psychological and actually a scientific perspective is, you know, what, what the scientists say, what the, what the physicians say is that we've actually got neuro, uh, mirror neurons that are actually firing and they're wanting to become more like that other individual. They're, and it's really a subconscious thing. So if you can just do something very simple and just surround yourself with people you want to be like, you know, it's not just this process of, you know, they're going to rub off on me, but there's actually science behind it. There's actually neurology behind it. So I just think it's so fascinating to that, you know, this is a process that you can actually sort of hack just from spending time with other people. And then the other thing too, is by listening to conversations like this and surrounding yourself with people that we have on Elevate, you can put them into your circle. So it doesn't necessarily have to just be, Hey, I, I just don't have anybody in my neighborhood or in my area that is who I want to be like, but guess what, man, this is the 21st century. We have so many opportunities to surround ourselves and to feed our mind with this type of material. So I think it's so exciting. I'd, I'd love to know beyond that. I mean, how else are you feeding your mind at this yeah. point? 
That, that's a great question. And um, kind of just going back to, it's kind of like the same concept. It's about, you know, it first starts with cutting the junk, I call it, right? Because um, the same type of thing, the group think and all that can happen from watching TV. You know, I realized something, I picked up on something very interesting. Um, and I, and I, this all makes sense. There's a point to all this. I, I was never a big sports fan, um, but I learned the game of basketball through listening to YouTube videos of commentary from like Stephen A. Smith, like Chris Broussard, you know, uh, Skip and Shannon, those type of guys. And I realized when I was doing that, I was like, whoa, wait a second. I just like picked up on this whole new lingo, learned everything like through osmosis just by watching these videos. So I realized something, okay, look, I need to cut those videos out because they're not getting me to where I want to go. Right. Um, and, and, and start watching videos, uh, and listening to podcasts, of course, um, of people who, where I want to be and let that same thing happen. That same group think that same, um, gravitation and, um, pull me in that direction. So that's one way I do it. Um, <clears throat> another way, so I mean, it's videos and podcasts on people who are where I want to be, right? Yeah. Um, and then another way to do that is is through books and audio books. It's the same type of uh, scenario. Um, and I, I would say that books books are one of the biggest things because the way I look at life is most problems that we're facing today, even the pandemic, has been experienced by people in the past, right? And yeah. other people have have figured this stuff out and. Well, your situation might be a little unique. I guarantee you the root cause of most problems are probably written somewhere in a book. So if, if you read a book, uh, you might even get the answer that you're looking for right from the book rather than having to go experience it for yourself. And at the very least, if you don't get the answer, you're going to be feeding your mind the tools it needs to figure out the answers um, for you. So I guess to summarize, that's cut the junk and fill that empty space with books and with podcasts and with TV and with uh, videos of people who are going to help you get to where you want to go. Yeah. There's so many resources out there. There's no excuse. And uh, I do find it to be interesting. I mean, especially even like reading biographies of people from the past or even just like history books. I mean, like one of my favorite books ever was Sapiens. I don't know if you've read that book, but um, I mean, pandemics have been around for millions of years. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, obviously this is a huge problem. We're, we're dealing with it, but, um, it's not like this has never happened before and human, the human, humankind will get through this. And so you've got to be preparing yourself for what does that look like next? And, uh, just having a perspective I think is great. And it gives you the understanding to say, Hey, look, I don't need to be caught up in, in so much negative emotion because, I think that this is the end of the world or this is the end of times, you know, I can prepare myself and be more thoughtful and be more resourceful. And at the same time, I don't know about you, but reading and listening to others talk and, and, and learning more about my craft, it helps my brain develop. And then my brain can stretch and I can be more thoughtful, not only in my real estate business, but in my life. I don't know if you've had the same experience. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the stuff, I read a lot of books on communications because there's this one, this one girl who I used to know who, who told me, Tom, you know, you, uh, you really need to work on your communication skills. And uh, I took that to heart. And uh, I read a ton of books on communication, primarily business communication, like sales and marketing and things like that. But believe it or not, uh, that actually helped me with communicating in other areas of my life um, outside of just business. So uh, yeah, I think just the more you read, the more wisdom you can gain. It helps you in all aspects of your life, whether it be business, personal relation, personal relationships, or what have you. Um, the more you elevate yourself uh, in one area, that it usually bleeds over into others too. That's so true. That reminds me of when I like when I first started reading books. I read Think and Grow Rich, of course, which many of us have read, and it's an amazing book if you haven't read it. But I read it because obviously, who wouldn't want to be rich, right? So yeah. I read the book. And I start thinking about this and I'm like, wait a minute. So anything that I want, I can just place in my mind, right? And put it in front of me and think about this and then, you know, leverage my subconscious mind and all of these different things that, the, that you know, he talks about in the book. And I started to notice it works with women too. I was like, wait a minute. So I can get anything I want from, you know, I can, I can attract women into my life from this. And, and obviously that's just, it's kind of a, a goofy example, but it is true. I mean, you can apply so many things in terms of growing yourself, not only for your finances, but for other things that you want in your life. So I just think it's so important, you know, to build a well-rounded life. How are you investing in yourself? Because, you know, you can only pour 
your cup into someone else if you're, you're filled, you know? And so I just think it's so important to, to talk about that. Um, I'd love to know, I mean, who are your, um, who would you say your role models are? My role models. That's, that's a great question. I mean, cause it's definitely changed throughout the years. Um, <clears throat> it's, 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 yeah, it's definitely hard to say, but I would say, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, is a, is a role model of, of mine. Um, Warren Buffett, um, I have some mentors here in the real estate space I consider, um, to be, uh, to be, uh, like a role model. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, that, that's hard to, it's hard to say cause it's, I've came so far that I don't know that there's been so many that, that have been around my journey. I would say, yeah, like I said, Arnold Schwarzenegger, John, John, uh, from the biographies I read, uh, John D Rockefeller, mm-hmm. uh, the, the entire Rockefeller family. I love the way they operate. Jay-Z. Jay-Z, a huge role model for my, of mine. And I'm not a rapper, obviously, but uh, I think that if you listen to Jay-Z's music and you just look at what he accomplished in his career, um, it's just been a huge inspiration. And, and going back to the same thing, feeding your mind, right? Uh, the music you listen to also impacts the way you feel, the way you think. Um, you, you can get music stuck in your head. And I found that a rapper like Jay-Z, for instance, because he talks so much about business and his music, um, it's been, it's just been another way to feed my mind in the right way and get motivated to, to keep going on. So I've, I, th- those are my role models that I could say off the top of my head. That's awesome. I, I literally have just one that I'm really curious to dig into just a little bit. What is it that you see in Arnold Schwarzenegger? That's a, uh, that's a great role model for you. Yeah, that's a great question. So I do, I do go to the gym and, uh, so that's kind of how I first got into it. Been a big fan of his movies, but when you really look at, he has a book, I forgot what it was called. Oh, oh total recall his biography. And if you I have look it at, right in front of me, actually, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a great book. If you look at everything he's accomplished, I mean, he was in a war, you know, he was in the army and then he moved to the United States. He was a real estate investor before he was ever known for acting. He was already a millionaire. I'm pretty sure when he started to act, um, and then he did acting and then he did, um, and then he was the governor of California. Then he went back to acting. I mean, if you just look at everything the, the guy's accomplished, um, and in all these different aspects and the drive and how he just the way, if you just read the book, he talks about his drive and how it's important to be ambitious and, you know, don't take no for answer, all that type of stuff. That's why, because it's just the multifaceted guy that he was, um, it's just, you know, you have to, you have to respect it. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I love that. I just, I was just curious and wanted you to go a little bit deeper there, which I appreciate. I'd love to switch gears just slightly as it relates to what you're doing now. Um, how would you say you're raising the bar in your business today? Yeah. So, um, the, the one thing right now I am in the middle of this deal of where, of the syndication deal, we are in the middle of, uh, we're actually selling it right now. It's a lot of things up in the air. So I'm not going to go too much into it cause it's live, but, yeah. um, basically what I'm waiting for that deal to close so I can go on to the next journey. Um, and I realized something, um, that, uh, because I work with so many clients at the real estate CPA, I've been able to see how many different people have been able to generate wealth. And I've came to the conclusion that real estate syndication is definitely a great tool to have in your tool belt. But if you really want to build a real long lasting wealth, it's best to build your own portfolio using the Burr strategy, the buy, rent, refinance, repeat um, strategy. So the way I'm elevating is by shifting my strategy from saying, okay, I want to go out and do syndications, which are great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but just kind of seeing it from a different perspective, now I realize, okay, I need to create a very, very strong uh, primary source of income, um, which I'm going to be doing through my position at the real estate CPA, um, to make a long story short. And then um, from there, pour that money into a real estate business um, where I will you know, execute the birth strategy, build a portfolio of long-term buy and hold rentals, and then eventually have the passive income to, to live off of that and springboard into bigger and better things when income is no longer the primary goal. Yeah. I love that. I'm a big fan of having a portfolio that's multifaceted in different ways, whether you've got some passive investments, you've got some active deals, perhaps you're, you know, hundred percent owner, maybe you're 50% owner something along those lines perhaps your general partner and syndication deals uh, as well. And I just, I think it's exciting to have different streams of revenue perhaps that can, you know, be mitigated in terms of risk and in terms of different market cycles and different activity, you know, requirements, so on and so forth. So that's exciting and that's inspiring. And uh, you know, I think it's um, also something to say, Hey, 
you know, what other sort of asset classes or what other markets could I be involved in to mitigate some risk as well? So I think that that is important to consider at least as you grow. And obviously you got to start somewhere, right? You can't do it all at once. Absolutely. But, um, so talk to me in terms of your, your main business, in terms of what you're doing at the real estate CPA, obviously taxes are the biggest expense for real estate investors. So talk to me a little bit about tax strategy. I mean, because one thing that, uh, you know, I read a, a book, you know, a couple of years ago, Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright, which was like Great, totally book. illuminating. It was like, man, we're leaving some dollars here on the table. So strategy is important, but talk a little bit about, I mean, what, what sort of like biggest mistakes are you seeing a lot of real estate investors make right now regarding tax? Oh yeah. Uh, there's a lot of mistakes. We're just not having a, a, okay. The biggest mistake is working with a generalist CPA. Like, you know, the real estate tax code, there's a lot of nuances to real estate. Um, and if you're working with a generalist, generalist CPAs usually work with like, say they'll have manufacturing clients, small business clients, some real estate clients. Uh, they might have some e-commerce clients, but they never really dive deep into one single area. So, that's the first thing is not by working with a, working with a, well, it's the first thing is just working with a general CPA who's not totally into real estate. I'd say, um, B is not getting any proactive strategy and planning advice from your CPA. Uh, because at the end of the day, what a tax return is, a tax return is just a report card of the income and expenses, uh, for the activities that you participated in throughout the year. Um, but there's certain strategies that you can implement and certain actions you could be taking throughout the year. Um, that will change that report card. Um, so if you're not getting that advice and you're only speaking to your CPA during tax season, like right now, um, then you're probably missing out on a lot of opportunities. So, I mean, that's the biggest one um, that I see people just not getting any advice at all. Uh, other than that, um, it's just not, it's, it's not taking that. It's <clears throat> so the, what I'm trying to say here is like, at the end of the day, it's your business, it's your responsibility. Uh, you can have CPAs, you can have advisors, but you really have to have some working level knowledge of accounting and tax. And if you're thinking you're just going to be able to delegate the entire thing without any oversight, without learning anything about it to a CPA, you're also going to be missing out on things. You have to take some type of active interest in the accounting side and the tax side of your business. It's okay to delegate it, but you have to have some base level understanding of what's going on. Yeah, I could not agree more. I was just having a conversation earlier today about inspecting what you expect and trust but verify and all these different concepts. But also from a delegation standpoint, it's understanding what a proper job looks like, right? What a proper job well done looks like. And then being able to say, hey, yes, all right, I need your advisory counsel. And I also understand enough of the concepts to be able to say yes or no, we want to go in this direction or not. And then also from a tax strategy standpoint, it is all about your behavior, right? You know, obviously there you're incentivized to behave in a certain way as a real estate investor. And obviously in many ways you're incentivized very well if you do it the right way, but if not, then you can be heavily penalized from a tax you know, standpoint. So um, I mean, what type of behavior do you see sort of, you know, maybe your most admired clients uh, take on in terms of tax behavior, tax strategy. Oh yeah. I could give you like the ultimate tax strategy right now. Um, <clears throat> so basically the biggest tax strategy I see that people build the most wealth, you'll have one spouse, you have a married couple, you have one spouse generates a tremendous amount of income, whether it be from a W2 job, a business that they're in, maybe they're a doctor, lawyer uh, in sales or something along those lines. And then the other spouse will either work full-time in a trader in a real estate trader business. So this spouse might be a real estate agent or a real estate broker and they run the rental side of the business. And what that spouse who runs the rental side of the business is allowed to do is to qualify something called a real estate professional. Uh, back, way back in, let me just back this up real quick. So way back in 1986, uh, the Reagan administration, when they put out the Tax Reform Act in 1986, they made all rental all losses on rental properties passive, which means they cannot offset your active income, whether that be W-2 or from another business. But if you qualify as a real estate professional um, by working full-time in a real estate trader business, you can take your losses from your rental properties against your other income. So what happens is you have one spouse who is making that tremendous amount of money 
and then there that allows them to acquire rental properties and maybe the other spouse is making money too through a real estate trader business and then they're basically taking those rental properties they're running what's called a cost segregation study on those rental properties to break down the components of those rental properties into their useful lives and uh, they're taking advantage of the tax cuts and jobs act because the tax cuts and jobs act allows you to 100% bonus depreciate your five and 15 year life, which tends to be anywhere between 20 and 30% of your property's value, depending on size, location, all that type of the, the details. But, uh, and then you take those, the, that, that bonus depreciation, that huge expense that's just, that is generated and it creates a loss for you. You take that loss against the income of the spouse who's earning that high income to, to be able to allow you to buy the rental properties in the first place. So, I mean, I've seen some clients pay zero dollars in taxes from this strategy. Um, and now, thanks to the CARES Act, uh, throw that out there, they brought back NOL carrybacks. So what that means is, let's just say that I made a million dollars in my W-2 job and my spouse, you know, let's just say that she, uh, she were to, to uh, operate the rental portfolio and we acquired enough real estate, ran a cost segregation study on it, had a loss of of, of $1.2 million. So now I have a negative $200,000 net income for the year. So I pay no taxes this year on income. And now I can carry back that $200,000 loss to last year, the last five years, up to the last five years. So, I mean, that's the hardest hitting strategy. If you're able to execute something like that, that is the fastest way to probably build wealth known, you know, outside of uh, selling a business um, that I've seen. Yeah, that's amazing. There's a ton of uh, wisdom there. I would highly recommend that you replay that because I know that that's all true. And, and I've employed many of those strategies myself. And, uh, you know, especially I love bonus depreciation. I love cost segregation. You know, there's so many amazing benefits there. And at the end of the day, the, the federal government is incentivizing this behavior because it's looking for partners. Really, this is a partner with the federal government. So you're not breaking the law. You're not doing anything wrong. You're not doing anything illegal by doing this. It's your duty. It's your patriotic duty to educate yourself on tax strategy. And what a better way than to employ someone like Thomas uh, or his firm. I mean, there's so many different opportunities there in terms of building your behavior towards thinking of the future. How are you going to build your wealth? Because at the end of the day, you know, money isn't the ends to the means, it's the means to the ends to creating that life. If you want to travel the world, if you want to go create a foundation, you want to go help less fortunate people, you got to have money, right? So I think it's so important for you to be developing your tax strategy. I mentioned Tax-Free Wealth earlier. It was a great book. I highly recommend it by Tom Wheelwright. There's another one that I read called What My CPA Isn't Telling Me. I don't know if you've ever heard of this book. Yeah, it's a, it's by a guy named Mark J. Kohler. I haven't... Uh... I haven't uh, read that specific book, but I read other books by him. So I imagine that book's probably pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it was super simple. And, uh, but at the same time, it was very insightful. And I'll, I'll be honest, I mean, it, it saved me a lot of money. And um, I think it's definitely one that I recommend as well. But are there any other tax strategy books or anything that you'd recommend for the listeners? Yeah. I mean, tax-free wealth is really the cream of the crop. Um, yeah. Uh, it's really hard. He really breaks down, Tom, you're right in that book, it really breaks down how to use the tax code to your advantage. Um, there's honestly not that many tax books out there that are made for the, you know, the, the average individual. Most of them are targeted yeah. towards uh, CPAs or, uh, or attorneys, which is sometimes right. even harder to read. Um, so I, I, the only other book that I could say that I've came across that's been good was um, every tax, every landlord's tax now, every landlord's guide to real estate tax um, okay. by Nolo. Um, okay. It's a Nolo book, um, and it's it's a bit dense, but it really breaks down the real estate tax code in enough detail um, that I think you get a full understanding of what the real estate tax code could give you um, without getting overly technical. I love it. Well, uh, we'll definitely put links in the show notes there of all these books because I think there's a lot to be learned there. But if you want to delegate effectively, if you want to build a team, you need to understand the basic principles so you can make effective decisions and, you know, be somebody who can be counseled effectively. So I think there's a lot of value in that. So I appreciate you sharing that. Thomas, what else are you doing to invest in yourself these days? I mean, how are you, what would you say you're getting 1% better at these days? 1% better at these days. Um, that's a great question. I think it's, um, investing actually. Um, 
Well, actually, no, I take that back. Management, management, because um, <clears throat> right now the biggest challenge that I've had in my, in my job recently over the last year or so um, was management. I, be, I have to have a, a, a team of people that I have to manage and really just um, reading a lot of books on that subject and really interacting with my team, learning more and more about team dynamics um, every day. And I think if you want to build wealth and you really want to elevate yourself, you have to learn how to manage people and you have to learn how to effectively delegate and how to build a high performance team. And if I had to say that's one thing that I'm focused on right now is that, um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm just, the way I'm doing that is just by reading as much books, listening to as much audiobooks as I can, you know, reading articles, um, that have been written by people who've, who've managed high performance teams before and just working with my team and learning from the experience. So, uh, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm focused on right now. Talk to me about that a little bit more in terms of managing a high performance team. At least one thing that I feel like that I've learned with regard to this concept is just communication and over communication, clear communication, um, Mm -hmm. you know, vision, you know, sort of sharing your vision and aligning the resources to get there and then course correcting on a consistent basis. Um, Talk to me more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think what you said right there is, 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 is the biggest thing, right? You have to know, you have to know where you're going. You have to have the vision. You have to communicate that vision to your team and you have to set really good expectations of what the team needs to do in order, what each individual on that team needs to do and what the team needs to do as a whole in order to achieve that goal, in order to achieve that mission. And uh, you have to over communicate and you have to make sure that's clearly set. And you have to actually hold people accountable to those goals as well. So, I mean, I think that's, that's one of the biggest things. And if I had to point out a book on this, the best book I've read on managing people so far is actually a really short book. It's called uh, the one minute, the new one minute manager. Um, it's by a bunch of doctors, but uh, actually a really excellent book. It talks about how you have one minute goals. You said you have a one page sheet of goals for each empl- for each staff member. And uh, <clears throat> that lays out what they have to do. Um, so now they have a very clear expectation of what they have to do. And then there's something called one minute praisings in this book. They call it. it's like when you see someone doing things very early on when they're doing things, when they first start and they're doing things right, you say, Hey, look, you know, you did that, you know, you did, uh, you, you analyze that property. Uh, the way you analyze that was excellent. I love the way you, you noticed that the utilities expense is way too high, right? Why is that? Um, a good job. And now that gives them confidence that they're doing things the right way, right? They're hitting their goals. And there's the one last thing in that book that was excellent was the one minute uh, redirects. And that's when someone's not doing something the right way. You have a simple conversation with them. Hey, look, and you don't make that, that, that conversation about them personally. You make it about the work. You say, Hey, look, you know, you know, I really believe you could do this job. You know, no, you come into the conversation, you say, Hey, look, you know, I noticed that uh, you missed the utilities expense. You didn't notice that it was, you know, the industry average utilities expenses, you know, 49%, let's just say, and uh, it was 79% on this property. You missed it. Um, I really believe you have everything it takes to do this job, to analyze properties the right way. Um, just to let you know, when you see something like this, when you see an expense that's way above the industry average, uh, it's a red flag and we need to investigate that a little bit more. So now they know that what they have to fix going forward. At the same time, you're, you're giving them comfort, letting them know it's not about, it's not something they did wrong necessarily. It is the work and now it's corrected and now you can course correct and move forward. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm formed by myself and my partner, Brian Flaherty, where we invest in multifamily real estate communities across the Southeast United States. If you'd like to learn more about our approach, our mission, our acquisition criteria, and how you can learn more about future opportunities, visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, you know, it, it's like the sandwich. It's like the good, the bad, the good, right? You know, it's like, hey, you know what? I really appreciate you. You do so many great things around here. Uh, I think you could really improve on X, Y, and Z, and, and here's exactly how that looks. And then also really appreciate all the work that you've done on whatever project that is. So I feel like that's like a soft way to do it, but you're still getting to that outcome. But I do think it's important that you build the trust and the rapport with your people just through appreciation and through clear communication continuously. So when those times happen, when there needs to be some teaching and learning, 
you know, at that point, then you can effectively communicate and they respect you to a point where they're like, okay, this makes sense. And, and I know that I can improve this and I appreciate the thought that it wasn't, Hey, you suck. You, you know, you, I can't yeah. believe you did this. So I, I, I love that. Talk to me a little bit about accountability. How do you hold your people accountable? Yes, that's a great question. So we recently got a new management system in place um, that allows our team to track their goals and track their tasks. So I really hold them accountable by letting them know what they have to do and then um, going and showing them how they can track their work and making documenting everything and then going into the, the, the management system we have and uh, reviewing the work and saying, hey, look, you know, uh, this was the expectation and this is the, the results and it was a little bit under par. Uh, so uh, we just want to make sure that, that you're, you know, you're getting to where you need to go. So really the, the system itself holds them accountable because they know we'll be checking the system and the system allows them to track their work. So uh, it's really, it's really about having a system for accountability at the end of the day, because no one wants to be a yeah. micromanager. No one wants to have to, I don't want to have to be over my shoulder every two seconds. Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Right. right. Um, there has to be a system for it. And uh, when you have the right system in place, believe it or not, a lot of the accountability uh, takes care of itself. Um, but you do have to trust, but verify, like you said before, um, if the team knows you're going to be verifying it uh, and actually verifying it, then they're more likely to, to do the right thing in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the themes of our conversation thus far has been books and how many resources and how much, you know, insights and takeaways that you can apply to your business, you can glean from books. And so I'll mention a couple more here related to our conversation. One, The Effective Executive by Peter Drucker, phenomenal book uh, for folks who are wanting to improve not only their leadership skills, but their management skills and developing systems along being an effective executive or manager and uh, number two would be traction. You just mentioned systems and you want to talk about building systems within the culture of your business. I highly recommend the book Traction. And, and we do that uh, with our level 10 meetings on a weekly basis where we talk about, hey, here's our scorecard. Here are the numbers that we're tracking. Here are the things that we can control. And also, here's the, here's the to-do list of things that we committed to last week. Did you get them done? Yes or no? There's no, hey, we're, there's no excuses. It just is what it is. And uh, so those have been a couple of ways for us to, to build in systems of accountability and, and management. But I love that. And I appreciate everything you're sharing. Talk to me overall. I mean, Thomas, what's the, what's the overall driving force behind what you do? The overall driving force. So in the book you had mentioned, uh, Think and Grow Rich, there's something called a, G, a, <clears throat> excuse me, a chief definite purpose, which is, again, is just a goal. It's just an expectation you're setting for yourself. Um, and my chief goal is to build a family legacy. And what I mean by that is I want to I wanna be able to provide for my kids what they need. Not spoil them, but I want to I wanna be able to have the means. I don't want to have to tell them no because of the money. Um, I want to tell them no because they didn't deserve it, right? So um, that's the chief, the chief definite purpose is to build a, a family legacy, to build a family business. And for me specifically, that's real estate. Um, because I'm not going to pass down at the end of the day, one way or another, I'm going to end up probably in an accounting firm um, as, as the core business. And I'm not going to pass down those interests to my kids. But what I can pass down is the, is the, um, excuse me, is the properties and also the, the knowledge I give my, my children. Um, so really it's about having the means to be able to develop my children into productive human beings, uh, let them follow their, their dreams. And hopefully one, one of them wants to go into the family business and uh, take over the family business and then pass on that family business ultimately to them. So that's really the driving force. And while believe it or not, I'm not married right now or I don't have any kids. It's actually the way I look at it is everything I'm doing today will eventually impact that. So that's really driving force. It's not really about me. It's about, it's about a bigger vision. And one last thing I'll say on that is I'm trying to actually set something even better, bigger than that. Because when you have a goal that's even bigger than the goal you're currently facing, it's even that much more motivating for you to beat this goal, the current goal and your face down to get to that next goal. So we'll see what that is. But right now it's building a family legacy. 
That's awesome, man. That's super inspiring. I appreciate you sharing that. And and I just wanted to highlight how quickly you responded to that question. I mean, there was no, there was no him and Han on that. I mean, the, the definite purpose has certainly been thought through and maybe that's a calling for, a, you know, one or two listeners here, or maybe more that may not have a clear definite purpose. And, you know, maybe this is a time for you to sit down and, and get clarity on that, start to brainstorm, start to flesh out, you know, why is it important for me to do what I'm doing? Why do I want to make more money? Why do I want more time? Well, why do I want to travel more? Why do I want, you know, in going through this process and thinking through, you know, can help get that clarity because it's not about the money. It's about well, what, what does that legacy look like or something else? I mean, everybody's different. Everybody's unique. So I just wanted to highlight that. That was amazing how true that is to you. And you could just feel that. So appreciate that. And, and uh, with Thank that you. said, I want to transition into our rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. And it's all about elevating to a life without limits. It's all about raising the bar. And, you know, it's as you just mentioned, you know, when you set one goal, you've got another goal in the distance. And as we're doing here, we're scaling the mountaintop and we just looked across the canyon and we saw three or four more mountaintops to climb. But with that said, uh, I've got a few questions here. I'd love to know. We talked about so many books here. I feel like we may, may have exhausted the book uh, discussion here, but I'd love to know is there, uh, if you'd say beyond what we've already talked about, two or three most impactful books that you've read. Yeah, that's that's a great question. There's a lot of other, it's a tough one. I'd say probably Think and Grow Rich, probably the biggest one. If you read that book, it, he really lays out in that book how to how to think and grow rich. I mean, he lays out the entire process from A to Z and it, there's a lot of great books out there that are simply derivatives of that book or have been inspired by that book. So if you start there, that's that Think and Grow Rich, number one. Um, the, the Power of Habit. Um, by Charles Duhigg. Um, believe it or not, I think that everybody, ever, probably even what I'm saying right now is partially habit. And um, if you if you read that book, he breaks down how how to form new habits, how to break habits, how habits of society are created, and how habits of groups are created. And um, that's just been a book that's I still think about. I listened to the audiobook one time like five years ago, maybe three years ago, what I don't know, it was a while ago. And that still goes through my mind today. So um, that goes to show just how impactful it is. And then <clears throat> the last one, the last one's tough, man. There's so many good books out there. Um, I would say Never Split the Difference by, um, who is that guy? Chris Voss. Chris Voss. Yeah, Chris Voss. Great book. And I actually found out about him from the Jake and Gino podcast. But um uh, he, the one thing that he pointed out in that book in communication was empathy and how you have to listen to what the other person is saying, make sure they feel heard, um, before they're ever going to listen to their, your message. And by, in so doing that, you also learn what that person wants, you're able to speak to their goals and their desires. And overall, I felt that, that book was just a phenomenal book on education, nego- excuse me, on communication, negotiation, and, um, and just, you know, just that, that skill set. So that was definitely a top book for me too. Yeah. That's a hugely psychological, uh, book as far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned and understanding the psychology of others as well as yourself and, and figuring out tactics in terms of uncovering that. So you can then develop strategies and, and solutions to a puzzle, which every negotiation is a puzzle. And, and I have to highlight uh, the power of habit as well. I mean, that was a total game changer for me just to be able to understand how automatic we are as human beings and that you can actually consciously create your own habits. You don't just have to be unconscious about everything. And obviously we've all got good and bad habits, but the more aware you are of how you work as a human being, I think you're in such a better position to create those habits. Because as you said, you know, maybe even sitting right here, we're, we're conducting habits that we may or may not be aware of, but the more awareness you can have of that process, I think is huge. And we've already talked about thinking grow rich, man. You already know how I feel about that one. What's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? Yeah, that's a great question. So every day I do my best to review my goals. Um, I'll just give a quick, I, I, we spoke about this a lot, but I'll just give a quick rundown of why that is. So there's something in your mind called the reticular activating system. Um, typically, the best way to describe what that is, is if you ever thought, like, oh, I want to go buy a gray Honda Civic or silver Honda Civic. And now everywhere you go, there's silver Honda, Honda Civics. They've always been there, but now your brain is focused on it, picking it out. And when you review your goals every day, now your brain is going to be focused 
every day on picking out ways and your subconscious mind will be focused on ways to develop strategies to get you to that goal. And when you combine that all with uh, everything we talked about today in terms of feeding your mind right, you're just feeding your mind the, the tools to get to that goal. So just by reviewing your goals every day, your mind's automatically to come up with strategies to help you get there. And uh, sometimes when I don't do that, there's obviously times when I don't do it. And you'll see yourself start deviating or start floundering in the middle of nowhere like the abyss. And uh, you have to just come back and by reviewing your goals, you stay on track. Yeah, no, that's huge. I love it. And, um, you know, beyond that, I mean, we've talked about it before, but on the show, but it is about feeding your subconscious mind in whatever way you can. So, you know, design your environment. I know one thing that many of our listeners do, and I do myself is I have a vision board. Like, what is it that I want to create in my life? And it's not just material things, but who do I want to become? You know, I don't know about you, but I have a vision statement of who I am and who I am becoming and, and the, the person that I'm creating because I was actually talking about this to somebody else's like if somebody sees you in a month or two and they say, man, you've changed. That's a great, you know, compliment. Like I want that. I want to change. I want to always grow because stagnation is death and growth is life. And so, uh, I love that, man. Um, talk to me. What's the biggest way that you elevate others around you? Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's a good question too, because it's actually really challenging to elevate others around you when they don't want to be elevated. And yeah. um, that's kind of the, the thing I was talking about before about getting around the right people. It's just, you know, when you're around those negative people, they don't want to be elevated. It's going to keep you down. So really, I mean, I guess at this point, the way I elevate people is by, it's really my clients at this point, by educating them on, on, on taxes and what they can do and, and making sure that they're taking the necessary steps to save money uh, on their taxes so they could grow their business and put more money into other aspects of their life. And believe it or not, that actually crosses over a lot of times with business coaching, some like light level business coaching in there. Um, and, and even talk sometimes just like this. Uh, so when people are open to listening uh, and open to having a conversation, I'm always open to sharing the knowledge and sharing what I, what I believe uh, can help them get to the next level, wherever that might be. That's awesome, man. I love that. What's the, uh, I mean, any, any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you share with Elevate Nation today? Yeah, um, parting thoughts. I mean, if all we talked about, the, the last things I can say is that um, getting the right amount of sleep is actually huge in, in staying alert, staying very on, on your edge. And, uh, you know, that's one thing. And also eating right and exercise. These things are not going to directly impact your goals, probably, unless your goal is to, you know, get fit or something. Um, but, uh, they will, they will, uh, affect your mindset. They will affect the way you feel throughout the day. And if you eat right, you get the right amount of sleep, you're going to be putting yourself in a good position to succeed because you're going to have the clarity of mind you need to execute on what you need to execute on. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that there's so much wisdom there because as a real estate investor, if what you're looking for is to live this great life and elevate to a life without limits, if you don't have your health, if you don't have your mind, if you don't have, you know, your longevity, then what's it all worth? So you've got to be investing time and resources and capital into your health and into your understanding of what does it take to be healthy and what does it take to be fit and, you know, at peak performance type of levels, because man, I don't know about you, but the people that I most admire in business are, they're not just like, you know, lazy, they kind of lay around and like sit around. I mean, they're, they have more of a capacity to think because of how they invest in their health and their fitness and uh, their nutrition and all these things. So that's why we actually even talk to people like that on this show. I mean, we just, I had a physician on earlier today. Uh, we we're talking about, you know, your, your, your neuroplasticity. We're talking about your, all of these things. I mean, so uh, I just think it's so important. I appreciate you bringing that up. And uh, Thomas, man, this has been a ton of fun. I really appreciate you taking time today. Tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and what you do. Absolutely. And, I, and, I, and thank you again for having me on. So the best ways to learn about me, there's, there's three things I'll, I'll, I'll put out there. One, I have a website, thomascastelli.com. It's my personal website. If you go to thomascastelli.com slash reading list, um, there's a bunch of books that I've read and I continue to update that whenever I have the chance. Um, another way to, to, to get to learn more about me is the Real Estate CPA podcast. Um, actually a great way to learn about taxes because we have a lot of clients on there that we bring on. We talk about their tax situation. We talk about tax strategies uh, as it pertains to real estate, of course. And then lastly, um, if you want to learn more about what we do at the Real Estate CPA, you can visit therealestatecpa.com. 
Love it. Yeah, we'll put links in the show notes there to everything you're doing. And we'll make sure that everybody gets to uh, gets to click those links right, right there and just access everything you're doing. So I really appreciate that. And I want to encourage, again, Elevate Nation to re-listen to this show because we had a wide-ranging conversation of not only tax strategy, but personal growth strategy. And what can you do to invest in yourself in changing times? And guess what? Every day is a new day and every day has a changing environment. And so what are you doing to up-level yourself and raise your own bar, not only in your business, but in your life? And so there's so much wisdom here. And, you know, repetition is a mother of skill. So if you want to listen to it twice, go ahead and do that. Share this with someone else as well, because the teacher is who learns the most. And what I would, I would highly encourage you to do is screenshot this show, share this with a friend, tag Thomas, tag myself, tag Elevate Podcast, and make sure you pay it forward because that's how we're going to reach millions of people with this message. At the end of the day, it is all about sharing wisdom, sharing value. And uh, with that said, Thomas, really appreciate you taking time today. Oh, thank you for having me on again. Absolutely. Elevate Nation, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.